0: Hey guys, Drew here. Just a quick little reminder, you're going to hear a lot of spoilers for Obi-Wan. So, if you don't want to do that, then don't listen to this podcast episode yet. Just go to Disney+, watch all of Obi-Wan real quick, and then come back and we can talk about it. Fair warning, spoilers ahead. (laughs) To another episode of the Good, Bad Better show, a show where I pick something and talk about what's good about it, what's bad about it, and what could and should be better about it. I'm Drew Allen, and today the topic is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Star Wars series on Disney plus. So uh, let's get right into it. I literally just finished watching the finale of season one. And I have heard rumors that there will be a season two, um, which I am uh, surprisingly, I'm actually less okay with that now that I finished this season. I thought that it was, they did some stuff really well to wrap it up as if there wasn't going to be another season and kind of setting you up for episode four. And uh, I don't know that I want that to change, but also they did... They built a lot of faith and goodwill um, (laughs) in what they did with this season. So it is possible that I would trust them to do something else for a uh, a second season of this. Uh, There's still a lot of years left before Ewan McGregor becomes old man Kenobi. So, yeah, let's get into it. What what's what's good about this show? Well, I'll tell you, a lot was really good about this show. Um, Spoiler alert, I really liked it. It was fantastic. So uh, there's so many things I liked about it. The first of which is just it was so great to see Ewan McGregor uh, as Obi-Wan again, just playing the role, just being Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it was just so well done that he's a bit older. He's a little more grizzled. He's, you know, been hiding out and just I felt so good. It felt so good to see him in that role and just the whole thing. I don't know. That was it was just cool. It's hard to describe it. You know, I've technically been more of a Star Trek fan for most of my life. Uh, but I obviously absolutely loved Star Wars. Kind of went through a weird phase when I saw the prequels. Uh I saw the, I saw Phantom Menace in theaters right when it came out and I was incredibly excited about it and I was right at the curve of that age where I was like this is really cool, sort of, but I was also old enough to be like, wow, Jar Jar is really dumb, and I kind of think this movie sucks. I wasn't <laughs> it was like one of those like I, I appreciated that there was more Star Wars in existence, but I also found some of it kind of stupid. Uh so I was kind of right on that fence, but this this just felt so good to see. Um, and experience this show. Uh, for the record, it definitely scores higher than the Boba Fett series did for me. And, um, of course, not counting the episodes of The Mandalorian that they chose to throw into this um, Boba Fett season, which is a possibly a different podcast episode that I would have already recorded had I been um, recording those episodes. But other things that I really liked about it, I thought the casting was so strong. Uh, I don't even I don't I couldn't even tell you the names uh, for all of uh, the actors. Obviously, it was really cool to see Hayden Christensen back. And that was just, oh, man, that scene uh, where they kept flashing back to them training. And then this to the you know, when they were uh, present day, when, you know, Vader is, uh, you know, trying to get in there and um, all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, What's her name? Um, Moses Ingram. Okay. Yes. Moses Ingram did a fantastic job. I really liked. She was just so cool of a character. Um, and so like you kind of want slash need to see some other characters besides just people you already know. (laughs) So that was cool. I don't know the the whole thing, um, I even liked the the new sort of droid that we got introduced to. the, the I don't remember what the terminology was for him, but he couldn't talk, but he still was able to like defend what's-her-name in the battle uh, and kind of help the cause, which was just so cool. Oh, uh, before I forget, uh, Kumal Nanjiani um, did an incredible job. It was so cool seeing him in this role of kind of like, uh, you know, what he played as pseudo-Jedi, pseudo so to speak. It was fantastic. Loved it. Um, very cool how they made his character kind of a joke at first, and then they kind of also gave him a little bit more of an earnest role to play, uh, an earnest part to play in the, the whole story. Uh, Princess Leia was just perfection. I don't know if this is, for me, the talk, uh, me. I mean, I have a five and a half year old daughter, and uh, it, there were some parts where my my girl dad sensor was just off the charts. Um, just all the feels uh, for Leia in this role. She was. I just. I don't know. I just loved. I thought she was absolutely perfect, and the way that they wrap it up in the end with Obi Wan giving him the. Giving her the the holster, which kind of like sets her on this path of being really good with the holster, the re, sorry, being really good with a pistol, the way she is later when we meet her as an adult and she's got the holster. The whole thing, oh my gosh, it was just awesome. And that scene at the end when they hug and the send-off was just perfect, guys. I'm telling you, it was perfect. And I cried at least a little bit, and I think part of it probably has to do with that I haven't seen my daughter in a few days, and I miss her, and so I'm sure that's playing into it, <laughs> but if you know me, you know that I'm a softie anyways, so um, I definitely cried at that part, and the way that they kind of had that whole, like, you know, if you ever need me, you can call call me, you know, and I'll be a tired old man or whatever to help, um, so, so great, gosh, okay, what uh, what else was good? Oh oh oh, uh, the the ending fight scene was amazing. The scene at the end, the final fight between um, Obi Wan and Darth Vader. I say the final at the end. I mean it was the last, most of the last episode. That whole encounter um, with them between each other with the rocks and the oh my gosh when his when he busted his helmet open and you could see you could see Anakin behind the helmet and then when they had the the way they were messing with the voice between Hayden Christensen's voice and James Earl Jones's voice just oh my gosh it was phenomenal it was it was just hitting on all Star Wars cylinders it was fantastic so as a whole you know this this thing was great it's was the best thing i've the best Star Wars thing i've seen in um, a while, certainly since The Mandalorian, uh, for sure, and maybe, and you know, before that, maybe Rogue One, um, so it's, it was just hitting high points for me. However, it wouldn't be the good, bad, better show if I didn't talk about what was bad about it. I know, I know. I actually kind of had a huge problem with Riva. Now, before I say anything else, There's been a lot of idiotic racism towards Moses Ingram, and I think it's completely terrible that that even exists, and it's terrible that it's being directed at her. She is fantastic, and she was fantastic in this series, and honestly, even the character in general is compelling. The problem was what they did with her character in this series is what I found to be really, really dumb. Honestly, it kind of felt like they needed or they wanted there to be a B-plot so that we also got to see some more of Luke and didn't just stick with Leia the whole time. But really, the only thing we want to see when we're watching this series really, is Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, or Obi-Wan and Anakin, and, <clears throat> but, you know, they can't just have an A-plot for a TV series, right? You need something else going on, and so this Reva character was introduced, and in her arc was supposed to kind of carry the B-plot of the show, um, and it just, it fell so flat for me, because there's so many things, like, if you were like, we just meet this character, but when we meet her, it's clear that she has worked her way up the ranks and has, you know, gotten to this position of being high in the ranks. She's not the highest, right? But she's one of the Inquisitors, which there's only like, what, was there only like three or four, maybe, total? So, like, that's already something really special. And by that, I mean she has had to have done terribly evil things for a long time to even get her way to that status? How many people has she killed? How many innocent people has she killed or tortured in order to get to where she is right now? The answer is more than a few for sure. Like that is already the implication. It's she is this wholesale evil person. You can't fake your way into being the right hand of a supervillain while doing nothing bad in the whole process. That's just not something that happens. And so we know that's not something that happened in this universe. Right. And, you know, it's like, I just, I, I wanted, I don't know. I don't know what I wanted to happen, but I didn't want to happen. What happened? Uh, And it's like, so we're supposed to believe that she was driven by her motivation to kill Anakin Skywalker. She was so that that's like her main motive. It's it becomes clear like that's her main deal. But in order to do that, she has undoubtedly killed, maimed, tortured countless other innocent people to try to get to a place where that's, but she could try, a place where she could try to kill Anakin. That is really, really dumb of a plot to try to sell me on right off the bat. And then the way they introduce that plot is sort of completely out of left field, where Obi-Wan just like talks to her through a wall, and just says, hey, I know you. You don't want me. You just want to kill Anakin, right? And she's like, you got me. This whole entire thing for years and years has never been about being who I am and who I want to be. It's all been an elaborate, lifelong con just to get to this one point. Like... That's colossally stupid. And it doesn't, there's a lot of things in her character that make it seem like we're not meant to believe that she is actually colossally stupid. Like, that's not really how her character plays. Um, Driven, yes, but stupid, no. But the idea that this is the plan is just, it's incredibly idiotic. So it's hard to match that with the character. Like, why would she have done that? And then uh, there's the other thing, which I, the next part of her character arc that I don't like, like, so part of me was like, I want her to be a one, I wanted her to be a one note bad guy. I wanted her to be just an irredeemably evil person, which she kind of already was at the outset. Uh, And I wanted her to be irredeemably evil, just chasing Obi-Wan. And in the end... She gets decapitated and there's this crazy, you know, revenge justice moment that we that we get to see by the end of this thing. Like, because that's I don't know, that seems like the mark of any good uh, action sci fi kind of series like, oh, there's a big baddie who's terrible. We know they can't kill Darth Vader uh because <laughs> there's future timelines where you know obviously there's future on the timeline that he's going to be there right so they so they introduce a new bad character that is just terrible and evil from the get-go and her her performance in the very beginning was kind of one note it was just single purpose driven evil bad person chasing down obi-wan relentlessly and hurting anyone in the process, right? And that's fine. Um, and, but they set her up to be that. And I was like, oh, cool. So we have like a bad guy that we can watch through this whole series. And and then at the end, they're going to get their comeuppance. Which is also, I mean, we all like to see the good guys, you know, destroy the bad guys. That's, that's part of, I don't know, that feels like a, a, just probably a terminology for it. And the trope of story writing, storytelling, you know, the bad guy gets his, what's coming to him, you know? Dropping, you know, falling to your death in the Nakatomi Plaza uh, from the top of Nakatomi Tower, that's what you want for Hans. You know what I mean? They built that character up to that. It's, you know, it's just, it's a tale as old as time, and they introduce that, right? But then, kind of out of nowhere, they just sort of flip the script and be like, oh, no, just kidding. In a matter of Minutes, she's actually a good person and she's trying, she has the same, she's out to get Darth Vader too. And so that it was a very, very crazy whiplash of a turn of events. And then shortly after, she actually gets to uh, attack um, Darth Vader, she gets to actually have her moment. And of course, he saw it coming a mile away because he's smart and he's force sensitive and whatever. And but then they do something really, really dumb, which is uh, you have Darth Vader. Like, first of all, the scene where she attacks Darth Vader and Vader doesn't even bother getting out his lightsaber and just manhandles her just, you know, with ease. That was so awesome. And it just it was so badass. I can't. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And so that was really awesome. But then they sort of, they sort of kind of end it so poorly. Like he stabs her with one single stab through the gut and then walks away with the wound fully cauterized. And it's like one of two things happens. Either, either she dies because they have actually shown in the past that typically, a lightsaber in the gut kills you. That's kind of how it works. But if, but then it's kind of like, but if lightsabers to the gut is so easy to survive, because the very next episode, she's back running things, chasing people, all this kind of stuff. If we're to believe that, then I, then we have to buy the fact that Vader is dumb enough to not know that. Like, one of the two things are true. Either either this is just a one-in-a-billion chance that this gut stab from a lightsaber just want this She's, like, the first person ever to survive this. Or Vader is really stupid to, you know, in the sort of the same way that in horror movies the lead actress who's running for her life... Of course, she like drops the knife right next to the bad guy and or she runs deeper into the house instead of outside of it. Or she uh, leaves the door unlocked unwittingly. And like, are we are they're basically kind of putting Vader on that level of stupid by saying that he would just here's a person who pulled this super long con and then actually literally tried to kill him. And this dude, who is known for spectacular displays of violence and anger, instead opts for the hyper-minimal single stab to the stomach, relatively gently, obviously, because she immediately survives it. And we're supposed to believe that he didn't see that coming. That is, again, it's just so dumb. And it's crazy that I can spend this long talking about something bad in a show that I actually really thought was great, and that's very true. But we're not even done with what's bad, okay? With and this is all just with Reva's character arc, and again, not the actress, or she. She did an amazing job. She did a fantastic job, and uh, yeah, she did. But uh, but I okay. So the last thing about it is. In the finale, she survived, again, miracle of miracles. She survives getting stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber pretty easily. And then she, for some reason, she hears this random message uh, to Obi-Wan about going to Tatooine. And so for some reason, now... Even though, okay, so the only reason the only reason she was chasing Obi-Wan was because she wanted to prove herself to Darth Vader that she could I don't know, like basically get into his good graces so that she could be close enough to murder him. That's what the penultimate episode leads us to believe. Like Obi-Wan basically just kind of sees it in her because of the Force, I suppose. And she just confesses. She's like, yep, I've been wanting to kill him all these years. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get close to him, essentially. And so Obi-Wan is like, here you go. Now's your chance. So she tries to kill him. And, but the only reason she was after Obi-Wan was so that she could get into the good graces of Darth Vader and kill him. But she's kind of shot that shot already now. You know? So, like... What motivation do we believe that she would have to intercept a random message about Tatooine and immediately feel like she has to go there and then to start going after Owen? Like that just none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense that she would be trying to get this boy, Luke. What interest does Reva have in Luke? Luke. Why does she so desperately need to kidnap him? Kill him? I don't understand. That makes no sense whatsoever. There is zero motive that I have seen that would lead me to believe that that's something that she would choose to do. It's like you wanted to kill Darth Vader. It didn't work. You got called. You're intensely lucky to even be alive. And somehow... Your thought is, uh, I I need to go chase down the people that Darth Vader was trying to go after? Like, what is the end game? To try to earn your way back after you tried to murder him? Come on. That's not even plausible. Like, I I truly have no idea what her thought process was. If you have any thoughts on this, please call in. Um, please call into the show uh, 352-340-3038 uh, and l- let me know because I truly stumped on that. It made zero sense. It's like all they wanted was they had to wrap up her arc somehow. And somebody had the idea in the writer's room that like, oh, what if because she was going to get murdered when she was a young Jedi In training, maybe we could have her like want to kill Luke. But then like she just chooses not to because like she sees herself in him. Like it feels like somebody maybe pitched that moment in the writer's room and they were like, yeah, that's good. And then nobody stopped to figure out how are we going to get her there? in a way that any reasonable person would think is a, is, you know, uh, a way that that would happen, you know? And turns out they did not find that way that that seemed reasonable, but they just did it anyway. Uh, and it was terrible, but, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know that her whole thing just bugged me to no end. Yeah, that's it. I, I really, that's, that's really it in terms of the bad, um, the uh, the only <laughs> this is a very small moment, but the only thing the only other thing I can think of that was questionable, I'm sure if I watched it again, I can maybe pick little tiny things like this out. But because this is just because this is just the finale, I just happen to see this and um, think of it. But when Obi Wan gets out of that ship and steps down to to see Leia, she just she runs to Lola. She doesn't even run to him like. Dude, she sa- he saved your life. will not you run and give him a hug? Goodness gracious. Um, it was, you know, it's reminiscent of the dad life, I suppose, when you're just like, you know, daddy's home. And then you're like, and he brought ice cream. <laughs> and the ice cream is what gets the screams and runs. Not the hug that daddy's home. <laughs> and such is the dad life sometimes. But um, so how could this be better? That's a great question. I think that obviously sort of cleaning up the Reva storyline would have made it far better. I honestly, I think that it would have been better if here's what I would have done. I would not have had Reva's encounter yet. I would have had, uh, you know, she, they get away. Um, and everything happens the same way with, um, with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and the ship and they escape. But instead, she uh that whole scene of her attacking him and getting absolutely manhandled that happens in the finale instead early in the finale and instead of her surviving she gets the count dooku dual lightsaber decapitation courtesy of uh, her own lightsabers um but It would be great if somehow in doing so, she helped Leia escape more or um, or she helped, you know, she helped Obi-Wan escape further. Not, you know, and they would end up fighting still, but like maybe she helped the rest of the insurgents escape. So she gave her life for a noble cause um, by trying to kill Darth Vader when she did. But in doing so, uh, she gets murdered. Uh, And that is the end of her character. Because she, too, has to die sometime in the next few years because she's not around um, for episode four, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that would have been a clearer arc for her. Sort of like, like, here's the thing. If you really look at Darth Vader's life, um, his evil deeds are many. He does a lot of absolutely reprehensible stuff. Like, you still can't show a child getting murdered on television. And this is 2022 and you can show a lot of things on TV. Um, And uh, so like, that's how much we don't like kids getting killed. Now uh, (laughs) I'm not even going to go, I'm not even going to touch that issue beyond that. Uh, But I would say that most people think that one of the most horrible things you can do is to murder children. Okay, now Darth Vader has murdered a lot of children and he's murdered a lot of innocent men, women and children as his whole life. And that's really bad, right? And so like the his character arc works because he dies. That's why his character arc works, because the the justice he gets this sort of redemptive sense of justice because he gives his life for something good. In this case, you know, he, when he kills Palpatine and uh, you know, you know, you know what star Wars is, but like he gives his life and it's a sacrificial thing that kind of helps as a way to kind of redeem himself for all of his evil wrongdoings of his, the majority of his life. Right. And it makes sense because of that. Like it feels good because of that. But what would be weird is if he didn't die and then instead he lives a happy retirement with his son and there's no justice for all the wrong he did. Like there would that would feel empty. Right. Like you you when you watch a movie and there's a really bad guy, most of the time. You want that person to see justice, even if it's a complicated character um, that you can see the backstory and you can, you can understand why he felt a certain way, or you can understand the thinking behind certain actions and certain crimes or certain terrible things that he did. You kind of can empathize to a certain degree, right? But there's a statute of limitations on that, and there's a there's a limit to to which that kind of feeling will go. And for someone who has murdered a bunch of innocent men, women, and children for years and years of his life, like it's really hard to just be like, yeah, but he finally chose to love his son. So just forgive everything else he's done. That would feel really empty. And so it makes the perfect story is for him to give his life to help save his son and end the empire. And uh, in doing so, it is kind of a sacrificial redemption. Uh, and that makes, that's a nice, very good way to end that story arc or that character arc. And that is what should have happened to Riva in this series. She'd done a lot of bad things, but in the end, She did something redemptive and it cost her her life, but it was worth it to help redeem herself. And it's almost just like you're paying the price for your sins, quote unquote, for the evil deeds you did. You're paying a price, but you're choosing to do that in a way that helps redeem yourself a little bit right there at the end. It's a Hail Mary, so to speak, I guess, literally and figuratively, you know, theologically fuzzy, if you will. But that's kind of, that's really what should have happened to her character. I feel like it would have made much more sense, and it would have been much more compelling to see her go through that similar kind of arc. And it kind of bugs me that that didn't happen. I feel like it would have made for a stronger story. And I, I hate the idea that they would sort of fake kill her, but not really kill her, mostly because of the fact that they wanted to wring another series out of her character uh, on Disney Plus, that really feels, ugh, it feels icky. It's the it's the side of Disney we don't like to think about, which is the, like, I'm, we're gonna just ring with both hands as much revenue as we possibly can from every little aspect of the story, and that includes no one ever really dying because we have to be able to make more TV seasons about them. That feels icky to me. Um, great stories include characters who... Die. Major characters who die. And so this could have and should have been something that happened to Reva's character. It would have made for a a fantastic story arc. So that's it. This was a lot longer episode than I thought it was going to be. But that's okay. Uh, I think it was totally worth it. And so, yeah. Uh, Let me know what you think. Good, bad, better show on Instagram. Or you can uh, call in 352-340-3038. 352-340-3038. Let me know what you thought of Obi Wan. Let me know uh, what you what you think else that I should uh, cover. What else you think? Sorry, it's getting late now, so my words are getting a little jumbled. But yeah, let me know what else we should cover. What else should I talk about? I do have another episode coming out soon about the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I just recently saw in the theaters. And I do have thoughts about that. So that's coming up next time. But um, so, yeah, hope your day is awesome. And I will see you in the next one. Imagineville.